It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast here on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show... I'm going to recap last night's game, and I'm going to take a look at a Twitter post that uh, really brought Red's Twitter together. And for once, I want to uh, praise Red's Twitter. That's right. We're going to talk good about the wonderful Twitter.com. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Also, check us out on Twitter, that wonderful Twitter.com, at LockedOnReds, and at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and then head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content. Make sure to hit us up on the LockedOnReds line as well and answer the question of the week. How do we determine the quality of a starting pitcher in 2019. So let's jump right into it. Tuesday night, the Reds opened up a little two-game set in Anaheim against the Angels, and it was a tough one to watch. The Reds really didn't show up in spades. In fact, Joey Votto hit a home run in the first inning, And that's all that she wrote for the Reds' offense because they were able to get some hits, get some walks, get some guys on base, and they left them there. Or in some cases, they grounded into double plays and just offensively could get nothing going against Andrew Heaney, who up to this point had some rough outings. He pitched five times, had five starts, that he was coming off of some multiple injuries, and the Reds probably gave him back a little bit of confidence, which, hey, that's why they're pros. But at the same time, it's kind of tough to swallow now that as you look at it, so the Reds won six in a row, and now they've lost three in a row. Really need a win here on this strange... I mean, it's nice for us here in Cincinnati as the Reds will start at 8.05 tonight, Wednesday night. But, you know, if you're in California, that's a 5 o'clock start. That's kind of weird. But the Reds really need to win this one as it looks to be a bullpen game for the Angels as the starter is still TBD at this point. Or TDB. Uh, you know, if you're Michael Scott there. But the Reds on a whole, they... Had some rough-looking plays, especially in the field. There was an instance where Mike Trout hit a pop-up that he himself believed to be an out. It was in shallow center field. Jose Peraza went out to catch it, and Nixon Zell came in to catch it. And I think they both had a flashback to earlier in the season whenever they collided with each other, and either of them caught the ball. Fell down for a single, and... 
uh, it, it didn't end up being a run for them at that point, but there was an instance later on in the game by the time that Jose Peraza had moved to left field and replaced Phil Irvin, who started in the left field, who had a pretty decent defensive day. And there was a fly ball. Shohei Otani hit it to Peraza. It was right up against the wall. Peraza caught it. And there was a dude on second for the Angels. Tovar was his name. Wilfredo Tovar, I believe. And on the pop fly, dude was just absolutely paying attention and motored it, tagged up from second and scored from second on a pot fly to left field because Jose Peraza just wasn't, I don't know if he thought it was the third out or what. It gave the Angels their fifth run. And, you know, it's always nice to tack on insurance runs, but that put them at least uh, the lead within, you know, just above the worrisome slam distance, or right there at slam distance, to tie the game. And with the way that the Reds' offense was going, or lack of going, on Tuesday night, it seemed like that was the nail in the coffin there for the Angels. They did that in the seventh inning, and if you're like me, and you like to torture yourself, and you stayed up through this one-run game, you really thought that the Reds might be able to string a few hits together, but they just never could do it. And that's why they ended up taking the loss on this one. Like I mentioned, third loss in a row. And, you know, to worry about the day-to-day machinations of this team is a little... It's going to drive you crazy if you do. But it is worth noting that if you win six in a row, you don't want to follow it up by losing six in a row. So they really need to stop the bleeding here on Wednesday with Tanner Rourke on the mound. Tyler Malley himself wasn't too great in this one. He was gifted a one-run lead, like I mentioned, after Joey Votto hit that solo homer there in the top of the first. And promptly, the very first batter he faced, Tommy LaStella, about crushed it out of the ballpark. And I was convinced that Nixon Zell, you know, he tried to make a play on it as it was, it looked like it would barely clear the wall. And Nixon Zell tried to make a play on it. And on doing so, he knocked it back into the park. But because the play looked like such an all or nothing kind of thing, Yasiel Puig really wasn't backing Nixon Zell up. And so the ball just caromed off of Nixon Zell and into the no-man's land that was right center field, and Tommy LaStella was able to lead off the game with an inside-the-park home run. And I think at that point, you could tell this was not going to be a good night for the Reds. And then in the second inning, Tyler Malley ran into some trouble with the bottom of the order, gave up a single to pool holes, and then walked the next batter, and then Luis Ranjifo, which, if you haven't checked it out, go check out this podcast called Talking Halos. I got the chance to talk with the host, Derek, on that one, just previewing this series. And I had asked him about him because I thought that dude's name is awesome. And I'd heard it before, whenever I got to go to Angel Stadium about a month ago. 
and I asked him what he thought of him. He said he's, he thought his development is coming along nicely. Well, he hit a three-run home run off of Tyler Malley, ran into a two-seam fastball that Malley left out over the plate. In an at-bat that Malley really needed, I think that's what tipped, obviously, you know, three-run home run. It tipped the balance of the game at that point, but it also tipped Malley away from having a good night overall because he, he battled really through the rest of his five innings for the night. Not really a great night for him. And the bullpen came in and for the most part did its job. You just couldn't get anything from the lineup. We're going to take a quick break here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. When we come back, I want to talk about a post I saw on Twitter and maybe some untouchables for the Reds moving forward. Real quick, though, I want to thank Hotels.com for sponsoring today's episode. Stop hate liking your friend's trip and get a good trip of your own. Go to Hotels.com. They've got great rates, and you can get rewarded for your stay. Hotels.com. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast here on this Wednesday, and I do want to apologize just in case I sound a little bit sluggish or something like that, you know, staying up through these late night West Coast games and then recording a podcast is an interesting affair, but we're still running on some cylinders tonight. And I wanted to get to this thing that I saw earlier in the day, because we all know in the wonderful interwebs, there's these thing, these this thing the stuff called clickbait. And I felt like this guy had created some clickbait. His name was Chris Moore, works for WFAN in New York. And almost like he was reporting something. I don't even know exactly what he was reporting, but he said that the Yankees have interest in Luis Castillo. And he goes on to talk about how Luis Castillo is a young, talented arm who's cost-controlled for a while, and the Yankees really like that sort of thing. And how they are keen on trying to acquire him. Okay. I mean, I think everyone in Major League Baseball fits that profile. They would like to acquire Luis Castillo. And I sarcastically retweeted it, and I was just like, yep, and and the Reds are going right for Aaron Judge in return. See, we, we can say ridiculous things. Two, it, it got me to thinking. Now, firstly, there's a couple of things I thought. Firstly, bravo to Reds Twitter. Sometimes Reds Twitter can be a bit divisive, can be a bit negative, can be a bit, you know, Kind of what Twitter gets, but Red's Twitter as a whole came together and basically told this dude that he was flat crazy. Because it's Luis Castillo. What on earth would the Reds be doing if they're trading him? I mean, sure, there's probably a haul that in the long run would make sense. 
But as Chris Moore was making it seem, it was as if the Yankees had the right package that they would send of, like, prospects or something. And I'm like, Luis Castillo's practically a prospect himself. He's still a young dude. I don't know what they're talking about. The Yankees are going to be sending prospects. They need to be sending, you know, any any deal. I, I just, it leads me into my next point of this whole thought about Luis Castillo is there are untouchables for the Reds. And I know in the years past we have said, with the way that they've struggled, they said there shouldn't there should be no player that is untouchable. Now there should be guys who you better really just completely floor the Reds' front office in order for them to deal away. But that doesn't mean that they should just shake their head immediately. But I gotta believe Luis Castillo has now entered that category because and some people were asking if this was legit, and who knows. But my hypothetical scenario in which Chris Moore figured something out with this, figured out a, you know, quote-unquote rumor that the Yankees wanted Luis Castillo, I, I think it was probably something of the Reds called the Yankees and were like, hey, Clint Frazier. And the Yankees were like, hey, Luis Castillo. And I got to believe the phone call didn't last too much longer after that. So, yeah, you can say names all you want, but Luis Castillo is not going to be a dude that I see the Reds shipping out for pretty much anything. I also think that Nick Senzel needs to be that way as well. I think it's Castillo and Nick Senzel are your just untouchable dudes because I think Nick Senzel is a, is a corner piece for this franchise for a long time to come. And then... It, I heard the term guys that you just need to be, you know, need your socks knocked off. And then you could trade them, but you got to get your socks knocked off to trade them. Like a Eugenio Suarez and uh, guys like that. And I agree with that too. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it was a funny thing to see this post. And then the way that Red's Twitter came together. And it was such that even Chris Moore himself followed up, I think it was a few minutes after he sent the tweet about Luis Castillo, maybe about a half an hour after it, he tweeted out, he was just like, I congratulate the Reds fans on Twitter for their undying passion and belief in Luis Castillo. And I love that. Now, he may have been saying that tongue-in-cheek and being all sarcastic-like, but I love that he at least acknowledges all of the responses that he for sure got. And he even followed up with a tweet a few hours later, and he said, Learned a lot on Twitter today. Starting pitching is the most coveted asset in baseball, according to fans. I'm glad the Yanks don't believe that. Games would be a lot duller. They may not win the title, but they're the most entertaining team in baseball. And by the way, they may. And by saying by the way they may, they may win the title. Dude, wake up. Come on. Starting pitching, when you got it, you know you got it, and you're happy that you got it, and when you don't have it, it's pretty much the only thing you can think of. Because even though the Reds have had really great starting pitching and still set under 500 this season, I still feel a lot of better about them this season than I have in any of the previous five seasons because they have great pitching. So yes, starting pitching is the most coveted thing 
by fans and for a very good reason. And Luis Castillo should be untouchable. And that's all I got to say about it. That'll end it for the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Tomorrow's show, we're going to wrap up the Reds and Angels series. Hopefully be talking about a Reds win. And we're going to take a deeper look into what we can do to determine quality of a starting pitcher as fans using the statistics and maybe even incorporating the eye test a little bit. Yeah, that's right. I said it. We're going to figure out how to blend the two. Thanks again for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Hit us up on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159 and check out LockdownReds.com for even more great content. My name's Jeff Carr. This is the Lockdown Reds podcast, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.